Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence in your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast Salon, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online with their new online store at ForecastSalon.com and check out their latest in stylist innovation at Club Forecast Salon on Instagram. As this podcast goes to air, we just moved to the new moon in Virgo and Mercury has moved direct. We still have other planets in retrograde, but this new moon and this Mercury movement will allow you to feel like it's time to make new agreements with yourself. You will notice more attention to the details for your intentions come in. Virgo teaches you to roll up your sleeves, dig in, and do the work needed to manifest the reality you want to live in. Yes, Virgo represents the element of air, so this phase can help you in the physical actions you need to take to bring form to your visions. It's a time to take the steps needed, build this new path for you. Virgo energy can inspire you to make long-lasting commitments through your intentions. This is a time to see into the future and feel it throughout your being. What do you want your life to look like in five, 10 years? What can you do today to help you get there? As you hold your intentions for this new moon, feel into the power of your practices and rituals. The small things you do each day with intent become the rituals of your life. Need help in creating a spiritual practice? Not sure how to get started? Join me in my Energy Mastery Membership. The doors to the group open again for the fall season, and we start with the seven-day, seven-way meditation challenge. Each day, live with a new meditation to help you build your practice. The membership also includes a virtual session each month with me, one-on-one. Live teachings beyond the challenge each week, and new moon and full moon activations all for only $33 a month. That's well over a $250 value. Come join us. Or do you prefer one-on-one time to create new spiritual contracts with yourself? I only have two more spots left for my Empowered Spirit private mentoring program. Schedule a spiritual makeover breakthrough call with me and let's see how these programs can help you. Links to both will be in the show notes. In today's episode, I am very excited to talk about the idea of risk. Are you a risk taker or does it scare you to try new things? I know for myself, I noticed I had become a little scared of taking risk, of traveling to new places on my own. I know I want to explore more, but there was a little hesitancy. Yet my daughter would say to me, but mom, you left on your own for New York when you were 20, or you raised us on your own. What do you mean you're afraid? What do you mean you can't do it? So I allowed myself to look at that through her eyes and decided it was time for me to break free of this fear that had come in since COVID and expand my horizons, which is the subject today on the show. 
My guest is award-winning memorist Meg Stafford. Her latest book, Who Will Accompany You, shows us her adventurous spirit, and she takes us along for the ride with her daughters. In this episode, we talk about taking risks, travel as a way to understand taking these kind of risks, listening, opening up the mind, traveling as a woman alone today, breaking out of the old ways, new possibilities, what we can learn from our children, roots and wings, and how empowering it can be to hear others' perspectives in life. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause, breathe, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Take a nice deep inhale, breathing up the body. And exhale, bring that breath all the way back down. Slowing down, centering. Inhale, breathing up the body. Exhale, breathing back down, calling all your energy into you, calling your spirit. Feel the spiritual body right on top of the physical body, aligning, centering, inhaling, breathing up the body. And as you exhale, dropping right into the heart, right into the deepest part, feel that connection of your spirit and the greater spirit. Know that you are known, know that you are loved, feeling all this energy coming in around you, supporting you, guiding you. Taking another deep inhale and exhale. We call in the masters, the teachers, the archangels for love and joy. Calling in the crystal beings for amusement, magnification. Calling in your own spirit guides for your messages right now. Feeling this presence of energy all around us as we take this time to set an intention for where you are right now, for this new moon energy that just came in, for the season of Virgo, for the transition into this fall energy that lies ahead. Calling in to the south, the west, the north and the east, above you, below you, right into the very center. Feel and hear and see and know your intentions and allow the elevated emotions of how you want to feel to radiate out all around you. Setting that energy for you. Taking another deep inhale and exhale all the way down, connecting with Mother Earth, focusing the third eye. And as you're ready, Bringing the awareness back, blinking the eyes open, coming back.
Meg Stafford is a writer who loves exploration of all kinds. Her 2011 memoir, Topic of Cancer, Riding the Waves of the Big Sea, won six literary awards, including being named Best First Book by the IBPA's Benjamin Franklin Awards. For its engrossing and hilarious portrayal of surviving and thriving after a life-altering diagnosis of breast cancer. For 25 years, she has been observing how small, remarkable moments enrich our lives in her monthly newspaper column, A Moment's Notice. As a social worker in private practice, she's been helping others negotiate the terrain of relationships and connections for over 35 years. Her latest book, Who Will Accompany You, has already won 10 literary awards and is a finalist for another one. The book became an instant number one new release in travelogues and travel essays, as well as an Amazon bestseller in family travel guides, family travel, and parenting teenagers. Meg lives in Massachusetts with her husband, two dogs, and one large cat. So let us welcome Meg to the show. Welcome, Meg. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, and congratulations on your book. You've already won some awards with it. How awesome is that? That is lovely. It's really lovely to have it recognized and spotlighted in that way. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, so I thought we would just kind of start and give our listeners a little bit of a background. Like, what led you to write this book? It was after the trip with my younger daughter when we had come back from Nepal and Bhutan, and she was studying meditation and Buddhism at a monastery in Kathmandu while I trekked to the Annapurna base camp. Uh, And then we went to Bhutan together. And I thought about each of our experiences, which were very different in some ways. She was at 17. She was literally uh, sitting and meditating for days while I was walking. But in many ways, the experiences had, had similarities. We both had lots of time and space to think and be with our thoughts. And I thought it would be interesting for people to see how we individually and together navigated that that time and to hear a bit from each of our perspectives. So the book started with uh, an idea about just going back and forth between her voice and my voice. As I was thinking about it, I realized that I it was really important to include my older daughter's voice. And when she spent a year and a half in the country of Colombia as an observer, witness, and accompanier, and I visited her there for a week, that it would also, again, be interesting to hear about how we negotiated the time apart, the time together, being in tricky situations and what that was like. So that was, then I was off off to the races. So yeah. And you brought up so many different things and, you know, even what you're just saying and the way that you've written the book. I mean, first and foremost, you know, the connections we have with our daughters. I guess the question comes like, have you always been close to your daughters? I have. So this book was, or and the trips were not about how can I connect with my daughters? We, We were already connected, but it was about how do we deepen that connection? How do we navigate the changes as they... Uh, grow into their adulthood and their individuality? How do I both support them and also um, help them to fly out in the world on their own? That's such a great answer and such a great way to look at it because there are lots of times when I know people I work with, parents, mothers I work with, 
they have a hard time understanding the differences that their children are going through or have a hard time understanding that they may have a different perspective. And so sometimes it's like, oh, can you do something with her? Can you do something for her? Like, well, wait a minute, let's back off and let's just kind of, where's the judgment? Where's this creating the anxiety in you? And where can we open up that perspective? Mm-hmm. I, I have a daughter and a son. I have both. And I know I have learned so much from both my children's, but particularly even my daughter. We're very close. Same thing. We went to a little bit, you know, high school. Like, I am not your oh, friend. I yeah. am your mother. Go to the room. <laughs> right. That kind of stuff. <laughs> kind of normal. Yes. yes. But now Absolutely. I am her friend. Absolutely. And I am her mother. Yeah. And, you know, Mag, I came back to Birmingham. I lived in New York. I came back to Birmingham to take care of my parents. And in the end, I lived with my mother for the last five mm. years of her life. And it was a very interesting perspective, me mm. being in the middle of mm-hmm. my mother, me, and then my daughter. And of course, because I was helping my mother and living with her, my children were able to come and, and see their grandmother and learn a lot about it. And that generational energy to me is so fascinating. You know, I mentioned before we started, my daughter went to a school of business in, in uh, UMass and it was such a different schooling. I went to fine arts. I went, you know, different. I was born in the, you know, in the late 50s, 60s. So it is so fascinating to see the differences coming through and to hold that open perspective. You know, they always say, give them roots and wings. That's what we want to do. Although sometimes those wings, <laughs> they go a little far, but I do value their perspective. <laughs> right? Yeah. My daughter yes. right now, yes. she went out of college to Hawaii. So Maui, she took off like, wow. And then now she's in Vancouver, Canada. So yes, it still is a big difference, right? Yeah. But one of the things that you started talking about early in the book that I had made a note of one about the whole idea of traveling and how it just really can help open up your perspective, mm-hmm. but also the idea of risk. Mm-hmm. I loved that whole idea talking about how risk can prepare us because I'll be honest, my mother did not take risk. <laughs> my mother like lived in the same house for 60 years, 60 plus years did not like to travel. Well, she liked to travel more than my dad, but my dad didn't really like to travel. So that whole idea of risk became fear. So mm. I love that concept. Talk a little bit about that, that whole idea of risk and when you kind of recognized how important that was. Uh, important for me or for my girls or both? I think both. Yeah. Yes. And that you could allow the travel to come up and that you could allow, I mean, you say risk is a part of life and everyone engages right. with it differently. Right. And so I think yeah. that can help open our perspective. Yes. Yes. So important. And it's, it was something that was important to me as a, well, a, a, at all times, but as a young person, it was easier for me to understand them knowing that travel was important to me as a young person. So that I traveled across the States after college. I spent a semester of of, uh, college in France and lived for eight months in England. And so I I know what that feeling of really wanting to get out there and explore is, is like. So it was in that way, it wasn't a stretch for me to understand their desire to to travel to other places. And so risk comes up in in that way. And certainly travel was different then than it is now, and in some ways more difficult then, in some ways more difficult now. Uh, certainly communication is much easier now because when I was in France as a college student, I would write aerograms home and it would be every three weeks that I would hear from people. So anything that I wanted to do was on me, anything, anywhere I wanted to go. It's, it was all my decisions, not, uh, not consulting with them at, at all. And now when 
when people are away, we can text, we can email, we can call. It, it's all so much more accessible, brings the world in so much closer. But risk is important, not just in travel, but in, in any area to feel comfortable enough to expand our boundaries. And uh, I'm really in support of that. And keeping ourselves open and travel is a great way to keep ourselves open because it's all new and it's it's all fresh. I agree. I think when we step out of our normal day environment, just stepping out is like really important because then you start to see things in a different perspective. So I definitely agree. And I just came back from a couple of different travels. My son got, both my children got married uh, last month. Amazing. Yeah. And I traveled to the Bahamas and then I traveled back to Teotihuacana. So it was a lot of different things going on. And I'm just now settling, (laughs) thinking, where's my next adventure for sure. How would you say that the risk idea, because if you started, if you, it started with you in college, like how would you say that it's helped you in mothering your children and really providing that opportunity for them to expand and grow and face other challenges? Some of the risks that we take as uh, both as parents and as people involve being willing to be honest with other people. And sometimes that's very easy to do. And sometimes those conversations are hard, but they're, they're important. So being able to be, to be honest with ourselves and and others can feel like a big risk. And one of the things that my husband and I try to set up with them growing up is to be able to have conversations about whatever it is, it was welcome in the house and to and to really be able to listen to each other. And even if we didn't hold the same opinion, which was frequent, we all are not short on opinions. Uh, it was still important to get it out there and to actually in some ways to minimize the risk of being able to say what was really important to us so that so that we could let those feelings come up and get out. Does that make sense? And I think that's just so valuable because all too often, you know, and I see it, I know kids are changing and the whole gender thing is changing, the whole identity, the pronouns and all that. I know a lot of times parents get, oh, I don't understand my kids. What can you do? You know, but on the other hand, it's like opening up that awareness right now and having the ability to listen to our children and see where that growth, see where that next avenue is coming from. I just really think it is, is really very, Mm -hmm. very important. Now, the other thing is, is that you have two daughters traveling. Are they mostly traveling alone? How do you feel about that? What do you think that is saying about women today? And this is kind of what you do go into in your book. Uh, So mostly they were and do still um, travel with other people. And certainly Kate on her way okay. to South Africa, which was where she went for her uh, after between high school and college, she went to South Africa and she went, she did made that trip there on her own. But once she was there, she joined a group and was with other people and any of the traveling she did while there or afterwards when she uh, went to Edinburgh, where she eventually went to university and traveled around Europe for six weeks. It was all with other people. But she did go out there on her own originally. Yes. She did go out there and travel and travel right. through customs and travel through language and airports yeah. and all of that, which I think is really important yeah. because lots of times that will hinder people from going. 
And as somebody that is me, getting back her confidence to travel on her own, those are important factors, right? And I do, I do the same. I hook up with a group, right? Yeah, but I still have to go through that initial go by myself. And that was a long way to go. That wasn't just... That wasn't just a, a, a three hour trip and then you're there. That was getting to South Africa is a long way from the Boston area. So it is many hours navigating on your own. Yeah, my daughter is headed there this uh, January with her husband, her new husband. He's from there originally. Yeah. So oh. they are going there. So, yeah, it is a long trip. Yes. But I think it, there is a lot to be said. And I think sometimes when I look into travel, one of the questions comes up, like, is it safe for women to travel alone? How are the airports? You know, I know I asked a lot of those questions. The first time I traveled alone since COVID was like going down to Costa Rica by myself. And I heard, oh, no, women travel well through the airports. They're very friendly with women. And then I just came back from Mexico and it's like, oh, is it the same? Can I travel well? But it actually, they actually made it really easy to get into their country now. They have like the little kiosk now. But I think that it is an important observation for us to understand because it used to not be this way. Uh, Used to not be which way? Easy for women to travel on their own. Yeah. Yes. I just came back from Lithuania. And although my daughter, actually Gail, met me there for most of the time that I was there, I traveled back and forth on my own. And I didn't even think twice about it because there were always other people around. I There wasn't there wasn't any point where I felt threatened or, um, or scared. And so, but the last day and a half I was there by myself and, um, and I really enjoyed it and I didn't, uh, it stays light. It's so far North there. It is light to like 1030 at night. So I would not have walked around in the dark by myself. Uh, But in the evening when it's, when it still is warm and light out, I felt very safe to do that. And actually really enjoyed the time on my own to sort of absorb the experience. But it's, yeah, I think it can be an acquired taste if it's not something that you're used to. It's not something I'm used to. And I was thinking about maybe going back to, I don't know if you ever traveled to the um, Tio Rey Tacana outside of Mexico City. It's like the Sacred Pyramids, um, has some Aztec Maya. It's beautiful. And just being in the pyramids and all, it's just like so many messages. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll go back and stay for a week and just go to the pyramids instead of with a group. And and it's like, okay, first I have to learn more of the language. (laughs) So my question to you is like, how many languages do you speak? Is that a hindrance for you? Do you pick up languages easy? Um, I, I love language and I studied Spanish in high school and French in college. And so I can get around in either one of those, but I don't speak either one of them regularly. So it would take, if I were, if I were there for any period of time, it would come right back. But I'm not, certainly not fluent in either, in either one. Gail is fluent in Spanish and that's which he teaches even. But um, having spent the time in Lithuania, so many people speak English. And there were not a lot of Americans, but I did meet people who speak a number of languages. And it's we really are privileged to have uh, English often be the common language. And I heard people in the in the hotel that we were staying in, they spoke different languages, but English was the common language between them. And even in the festival, there were people there from Mongolia, from Indonesia, from Italy, but like English was the language. And we're so lucky that that is often the case because I like you, I feel like if I'm in the country, I want to learn that language. But it's uh, 
it's it's not something that's easy to do quickly. It's so. it's not, but I agree with you when you stay there longer and longer. And I noticed this was I had gone down to this particular place in December and here I was again now, July. And I did notice I was listening more and I was picking up sounds and hearing the afflictions. And I think that's part of it. And I actually did end up for a night in, in Mexico City. My flight got canceled. Now there was a group at the hotel, but I wasn't I was just kind of there where they were and I was walking around and trying to get an idea. And the first night I was frustrated, but the next morning I got up early and I just kind of, oh look, the museum of chocolate oh look i could do this oh look i could do that so i did see that there was an adventurous spirit within me with my resources you know and i i did grow just from one trip to get there but i think that's important and i think that resilience of traveling and you talk about this too that resilience of women and how they face these circumstances how does that come into what you've experienced and how you write about it in the book uh i think whenever we whenever we travel particularly if we're going far there are bound to be things that happen that are unexpected and we have to learn to be able to roll with them, whether it's delays or long flights or um, trying to figure out what is on a menu or how we get places. There are, there's so much learning that happens during a, a trip in a place that we're not familiar with, that it is very confidence giving, learning that we can do it, learning that we can, um, whatever it is, we can navigate through all those places and figure out how to find the museum, figure out how to get to the restaurant, how to uh, convey what we what we need to. At the, this festival in Lithuania, where some of the girls, two were from, three, but two cellists were from Ukraine, their teacher was from Italy and he knew quite a lot of English. They knew only a little and they learned with body language and they had the cello to, to demonstrate or he would, or they would, but it was a tremendous confidence booster for them. They took 30 hours to get there by bus. They had each other, but because there are so many new things when, when you travel, it is, it's very affirming like somehow or other you're gonna you're gonna do it so it's a lot of learning I totally agree with that and I know for myself that has been I know COVID kind of dampened everything for a lot of people especially with travel oh. and then I had been taking care of my mother and you know my daughter looks at me like mom you moved to New York by yourself mom you raised us on your own mom you know come on what do you mean <laughs> but sometimes life circumstances will do that but traveling has been one of the ways that I have wanted to explore a little bit more and figure out what's next. And I think, you know, like we said in the beginning, it's like get out of your own environment is one of the ways to start exploring and then see how it opens up. And like you said, the, the confidence building and then the empowerment that it brings forward. It's, and it doesn't have to be um, intercontinental. You can it is fun to explore in your own area. Because not everybody has the desire or interest or means to to go far afield, but it is still interesting just to try a new restaurant, to visit a park that you've never been to. It it doesn't have to be um, far or expensive, but it still can create that openness. Or um, I climbed a mountain that I had before, and that like that felt good too. Or <laughs> we we biked. Um, earlier this summer, my husband and I biked from Buffalo to Albany 
as part of a group. And that was like, yes, we did this thing. And so it, it's, uh, and a lot of people do that same ride over and over again. And I would be interested in exploring a different ride. It's a really lovely way to see a place that is um, by bike or, or hiking. And so it's, yeah. yeah, it's fun to explore. It's expanding. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, even just like, you know, admitting like, yeah, it is building confidence. I'm not sure why I've been internationally lately. That's interesting that you say that. Yeah, because I agree. And it's one of the things, you know, I teach with my students, like you want to start breaking up your habits, like go a different way, try a new restaurant, make a different turn, you know, and I agree. This is helping to then shift what you normally see. And then you start to pay more attention and become more aware of all the senses going on. And I think that's really important right Mm -hmm. now is we're all trying to break out of the old ways. Like, how do we do this? And this is one of the ways we explore, we adventure and we find ourselves in different circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And it keeps us uh, present because you, because you really have to be, if you're going in a different direction, you have to be paying attention. So you know how to get back or fun to really look, look at that menu. It's I'm always interested in the thing that I haven't tried. It just, I'm perpetually curious. And so it's another adventure. Yeah, there you go. I, I agree with that. Sometimes I do order the same things. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. But I do think it's important. And I did I did notice this this time. This is my second trip to TOA Jacona. That the first time I had relied so much on the group and had relied on directions and just followed. And then this time was a little different. It was a larger group. We had to split up. We did more walking. And one time, yeah, we were walking in circles because we weren't following right so it is a good opportunity to explore and learn in different ways and to really expand the way in which you do it now i did want to ask do you think if you didn't have such a great relationship with your daughters you think you would have worked through it would you have done it or part of it came out of having good relationships and being open to what their discoveries are Hmm. my hope is it would be some of each. I do think that it was part of our common interest in travel that propelled me to want to visit them and, and take the trips. Uh, but I have been actually giving a lot of thought to, uh, would it be helpful to have a retreat for mothers and daughters or for for parents and children to to go somewhere new and experience somewhere new because everyone can be open then. So it it's, I definitely think that it, it deepened our connection and just sharing that common experience going on, just going on a vacation, being away together and not having the distractions of home and what you're usually doing opens up the opportunity to really spend time with your with whoever it is that you're with and that's a that's precious we don't get enough of it so it's um but i think that it could work well as a retreat for for people to have that time and not be worrying about putting in the laundry or mm-hmm. running to the grocery store and just having the space to think about what's important about the relationship what do i want to learn what do i want the other person to know about me. So it's, I think it goes both ways. Two years ago, I think it was this Thanksgiving, two years it's coming on. 
we, me and my children met out in San Diego, an area that we're all interested in maybe joining up in the next couple of years, maybe. And so we did an Airbnb for Thanksgiving. And it was very interesting. You know, my son took the responsibility of bringing the food. He's come from San Francisco. My daughter's flying in from Vancouver and I'm coming from Birmingham. And so it was very interesting. Not everything went smooth and there were some ups and downs. We were also trying to cook a full meal, right? <laughs> in, a, in a kitchen we didn't know. <laughs> But it was right. an interesting perspective, you know, as their mother to just really observe. And they both had their new, now they're both married, but they had their partners with them. And so it was interesting to see. And, you know, there's a lot of blending of energy, a lot of blending of different family cultures. What do you cook? What do you like? What do you do? But we did all have the common idea of let's go explore. Let's get outside. Let's walk. Let's see what this brings us. And let's see how this can open us up, which I thought was very interesting. And because we also, too, yeah. did want to explore a new area. Yeah. Definitely. I think there's yes, a lot that can be fun. learned. And new for new for everyone. So um an interesting way to 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 do a holiday. There is so much more out there. So I do appreciate that. And you know, like many of the conversations you you talk about in your book, it's a lovely conversations, it's back and forth, you're sharing your stories. So really great job that you did in putting this together and the importance of the, the relationship. You know, and whether it's mother, daughter, father, son, I think yeah. it's all important. And right. And to see the growth. Yeah. I've learned so much from my daughter. I'm sure I'm probably sure you've learned so much from yours, too. Right. And seeing that reflection. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's it's yeah. fascinating to see what they think, what they've learned and to hear their perspective. As As parents, we don't need to have all the answers. We need to be able to listen, to hear what our children think and what the possibilities are. And we may be able to help them work through it, but it's, it relieves the pressure from us. It's not up, up to us to be omniscient or delivering all the answers that we can explore it together, figure it out. There's many great ways to do most things. And I think that's a really good point because I think as mothers too, we tend to like have to take care of everything. And I know, you know, there were many vacations, especially when they were little, like taking care of all the details. Did I forget anything? Organize it. They aren't happy when you first get there. But as you get a little older and grow and you do more traveling, more experiences, it's always rough those first days, right? It's like, okay, until you kind of settle and get the lay of the land, it can be rough. But having the ability to really express what are you feeling? How are you? And everybody taking care of themselves, I think is really important mm -hmm. too. And I think it does take some of that pressure off. Oh, it's got to be the perfect vacation. No, we're all in this experience together. Yes. You know, and some of that generational energy is starting to be broken as we start to see that. Yeah. We went to, um, we went up to uh, Seattle. My daughter lived in Seattle for a while, my 60th birthday. So six years ago. And mm. every day somebody got to choose what they wanted to do. So the adventures were this one, choose this day, this one, choose this way. So we got Great. a full range of adventures and had so much fun. So yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. So fun definitely. to see what someone else is yeah. going to be interested in. And in this most recent yeah. trip, uh, Gail arrived several hours earlier in the day than I did. So she had, she really got the lay of the land and she was also right on top of her Google map. So she navigated us um, those first several days and it was wonderful to be able to do that. And when I visited Kate in London, same, I could just you know hop along with her and had some ideas about what we wanted to do, but there was a lot that that was her turf and it was great to just, see where she wanted to go. And as long as we were walking, we love to walk. 
So really fun. Too. Yeah, same. Yeah, we met up in New York two summers ago for a wedding and we, we used to live there. And so it was really funny to see how everybody had remembered what they used to do and come back into New York City. And it was just really funny. Who's leading? Who's not? It was. It was quite a trip. It was so much fun meeting up with them again. Yeah, for sure. So what is your mission for this book? I really want to uh, to help moms and daughters feel like there are lots of possibilities like there are different points of view and that it is interesting to explore all of it, to get to know, it's interesting to get to know ourselves and our children, daughters, sons, whoever they are, and that it it doesn't have to be all one way, that there's lots to learn by doing it together and by doing new things together, particularly. I love that. Yeah. For sure. I'm hoping that will feel accessible to people. Well, I think when we start to read other people's story, especially about traveling and even just listening to this, like, you know, some people might be afraid to go travel into Mexico City by themselves, but knowing that, no, the airports are accessible and now they have a new kiosk, easier than getting in Atlanta, let me tell you, right? <laughs> so I think that that's kind of important for other people to hear. And you know what? As a single woman, I am right now. My children are doing their own adventures. My son just got back from three weeks in Greece and my daughter's going to Paris and and South Africa at the end of the year, right? And it's like, I think it's important that we can find those ways to do it and open up to those experiences. And I love that possibility that, you know what, as moms, we don't have to take care of every single detail. Let them help us. And I think that's part. Now, of course, we're not talking babies, but when they do get to a certain right. age, but going back to that whole idea of risk, let's take a risk. Let's try something different really does set us up for later in life. I really agree. And I love that you start with that in the book. Yeah. Definitely. And asking them from early on what their thoughts are about something. What do they think about something? Not that they're going to be making all the decisions, particularly when they're young, but seeking out their thoughts, their feelings about different things helps set them up to have confidence in their own voice, voices. Uh, and that's really important. I feel like that's a gift that we can give our children is helping to support their confidence just by asking what they think or feel about something so that they can get accustomed to doing that and then get accustomed to recognizing when something feels right or when something feels wrong, knowing when something is off, knowing when time to get out of this situation, that's just as important. So the more we can hear our own voices, the better off we are. That is very important, really asking them and being open to listening. Yes. And all too often, you know, I see this people coming in because all their life they've heard you got to do it this way. You got to do it this way. You got to have these expectations, all these shoulds. And then there was no choice. So I do think it is a very valuable way for all of mm -hmm. us to open up and really see that we can parent differently. We can have good relationships with our children that doesn't have to be controlling, nor does it have to be in our own perspective. But we have to, like you said, listen listen and see and ask good questions. So yes, I think that's an awesome, awesome mission for sure. Yeah. So where would you like me to direct people to find your work and your book? And I know you have another book. So my website, www.megstafford.com. You can find all my, all my stuff there, the books, my blog, and you can also get there through www.whowillaccompanyyou.com, my latest book. 
but uh, it's all on the website along with my blog and all the pieces I've written about my most recent travels going back a, a number of years. So from my, from my column largely. That's awesome. I will definitely put the links in. So as we go to close, I do like to come back around and ask this question. How do you feel that the work that you're doing, talking about the risk and the travel and that mother-daughter connection, how do you feel it can help to empower the spirit right now? I feel that the clearer we are about ourselves and who we are gives us the clearest vision about who others are. And we're able to see others the most clearly. If it's our children, we're able to support them the best by being clear about who we are and who they are. And then we get the least defensive when we are the clearest. And that's really healthy for spirit to let that clarity shine through. It is very healthy for spirit to let that shine through, to get clear and to open the perspective, to be able to hear each other. Very empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. All the best with your book. And thank yeah, you. thank you. Thank you for having spirit. me. It's been, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Namaste. Yes. To be clear and open to hear other perspectives is very empowering. The more we can hear our own voice from an early age, the more we build confidence in ourselves. Yes, pass this on to your children. Listen, get quiet, hear what they have to say. And then for you, if you do find risk are hard for you, start with small ones, change your habits, go a different route, find a different restaurant or join a new group on your own. Travel with your children and let them be a part of the plans. Notice what opens up for you and for them. We are in a time that needs exploration. We can't stay in the same place doing the same things. Change is needed. One step at a time and let it begin within you. Come join us for our seven-day, seven-way meditation challenge. It begins on the fall equinox, September 23rd. Links are in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Open up, explore your spirit in the world around you. This is your host, Terri Ann Hyman. To your spirit, namaste.